Jigsaw? Did you know that in the Far East, people pay their doctors when they are healthy? When they're sick, they don't have to pay. So basically, they end up paying for what they want, not what they don't want. We never all ask backwards here. Politicians, they say the same thing over and over and over again. Healthcare decisions should be made by doctors and their patients, not by the government. Well, now I know they're not made by doctors and their patients or by the government. Made by the fucking insurance company. Shawnee Smith, and let's just cut to the chase. Dan and Lacey, do you want to play a game? Welcome, everybody, to season five of Thrills and Chills. I am your host, Jugsaw. I have came out of retirement because I want to play a game of Thrills and Chills season five. <laughs> Actually, hang on, I gotta get Lacey Lou. Hey guys, Lacey Lou here. Jugsaw will be back with you in just a moment. I want to introduce Dan motherfucking Chase. Season five, baby. What is up? What is up, baby? I am so excited to kick off this year with, we have a fantastic guest uh, waiting in the dark room. Waiting in the wings. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Uh, And this is going to be a great episode. Yes, this is his third time joining us for uh, Thrills and Chills. He's covered uh halloween kills and halloween ends there was no halloween movie this year hold on let me oh, start <laughs> let me start the saw music <laughs> the montage music yes. <laughs> go go oh if you think you won't be tested well he's about to be welcome to the show craig edwards what's up craig <laughs> i'm sorry Craig couldn't make it. He's a little tied up. I'm John, I'm John Kramer, and I want to play a game. <laughs> Hi, guys. It is great to be here again. Yes, we love podcasting with you. Like, And you're always posting the most fun fucking places to go. Um, you just went you just went to like a drive-in uh horror fest right yeah Yeah, last weekend i was up in vandergrift pennsylvania watching uh well seven of eight i had to we had to pack it in on the last movie so we could get home at a decent hour but um seven of the eight movies they showed friday and saturday night up there at the riverside drive-in the drive-in super monster rama 2023 it was amazing Nice. I wish I did, like, I want to go, like, on adventures and go to, like, drive-ins and go see the Texas Chainsaw House and... Unique stuff like that yeah. is the best. And he's Uh-oh. always doing that. We're right. going to have to meet up sometime. Yeah, absolutely. There is there is an event um, that has happened not too far from you guys, and it's uh, the original Children of the Corn. Uh, I think Onset Cinema has been, like I said, not far from you. 
wherever that was shot. If that yeah. Rings bells. Um, it's been shown at one of the locations it was shot at up your way. And Onset Cinema is one of the things that I have been their guest uh, for a couple of shows. And um, and I attend a lot of them. They uh, they go all over the country and now the world showing films where they were shot. And it's uh, always an amazing evening. Well, so if you were ever, yeah, like if you were ever like in the Midwest, we will drive and come meet you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let us know if you're ever headed like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Indiana, uh, Illinois, any of those. Some of, and some of those are my old stopping grounds because I'm from Illinois and I've lived in Indiana and spent a lot of time in St. Louis, Missouri. And so, yeah, absolutely. Right on, man. Yeah, you do a lot of fun stuff now. Are you, uh, do you have any grand plans leading up to this Halloween? Do you have anything unique or fun or anything different that you're going to be doing this year? Well, you know, my annual event that, that I give one name to, but I'm starting to really love Lacey's name for, which is Body Count Weekend is what she calls it. Um, (laughs) The official title is Crazy Movie Weekend Halloween Horror Fest. And this year will be number 13. And that will be... Three weeks from tonight, we'll be deep, deep in it by this time. And um, who knows how high that body count will go this year. Yeah, like you, like I seem to watch like the ones that have like one kill in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think last year, I think last year I had a good one though. What what, was it? Final Destination 5? Was that a, was that one of yours? Yeah, yeah that was oh, yeah, like my high right. body yeah. count. Yeah, but I don't even think that counts. Like well, honestly, I'm not doing a I'm not doing any final destinations. Although I've thought about it for that weekend, but I am actually watching all five of those in October, just to officially log them on Letterboxd. And so that is one of my because I watch all horror in October. Yeah. Yes, and so I'm doing all five of those. I just found my box set where I'd stacked it up to remember to watch them this year and I actually remembered to find the find it so that was great that is such a strong series except for right. uh, it's such a strong four, series. except for four for count right right yeah and, yes. and then, is that the 20th um the oh the the horror movie weekend yeah yes. count yes. Yes. yeah it was some, oh get this and I'm gonna just throw yeah. her under the bus supposed to be the 13th because it's oh. the 13th Horror Fest, right. and one of my regulars has to attend a wedding because his sister-in-law has to get married in October. Boo. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I know we're looking forward to uh, participating as well. Now, there are ways around that if you're trying to make a competition like you guys do. It's a competition. It's a competition. But there are certain movies you can watch that will propel you, like that's got insane kill counts. But the way you guys watch them and, and, and how you log them and everything is... It's so fun. It's fun just to it's watch so and see people fun. die. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what? thank you for starting that. I, I I love joining in on that, Craig. Like that has oh, been such great. a little staple for us. Yeah. Yeah, you've you made it an annual tradition around here too. So awesome. we like to the same weekend that you're doing it. We totally just crashed your party, Craig. We did, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, as as Joe Bob once sang. Uh, watching people die can make you feel so alive. So, right? 
he was right yeah like we've been playing the texas chainsaw game oh and God. like we play because you can either play as victim or family and okay. we play family so we play with like the hitchhiker mostly and it's just something so gratifying about just slitting people's throats on oh, that game i don't know in their ankles it's hilarious yes some nice well, little touch to that game too yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. Have you played it at all, Craig? I have not. No, I don't like it. You know, my computer is old. It wouldn't even run Friday the 13th. The graphics yeah. card wasn't yeah. up to that. So right. there's no right. chance that I could get the TCM going. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird because Friday the 13th, it's a great game. I think personally, those maps are way too big because you would never be able to find anybody and you just spend half the time. But so I think they learned it's the same company. It's the same company. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. So yeah, the, the maps are a lot smaller. And once okay. you get to know, it, it is a lot of fun. It's uh, Lacey Lou is extremely strategic. So we have like a whole. Cause you plan. can place traps and yeah, you people. can, you can, they, they got to make it out of the classic Texas chainsaw house. And by the way, it is very accurate everything yeah. looks to the t and the my favorite little touch of the game though is as a victim uh one way you can get out and nobody else can get out that way either is as a victim you can jump through the window that Sally jumps through right <laughs> uh, so to I, get out having been there i have to ask you this so and i never knew this until i was there mm -hmm. when she runs up those stairs to go out that back window yeah there's actually, when you get to the top of those stairs, the window, it looks kind of like she goes straight up the stairs and straight through the window, but she actually takes a left side step. Oh, really? You, you have to. And I want to know, yeah. when you climb the game stairs, does it turn sharply to the left and force you to take a side step to then run forward through the window? No. I, it, I, no, it I think not you that did. No, there's, oh, there's two... Oh, wait, there's yeah, two... you can jump out the top window, yes, too. Yes, there's a top window and a bottom window that you can jump out of. And uh, there are two um, staircases leading up to the stair uh, upstairs. So, oh, yes. okay. Yeah. So, okay. I, I believe I think that, that's accurate, that, yeah. then. I think that is accurate. And look, it's 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 just a it's a dead by daylight type game and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I we've talked about this before. We have like sixty hours in. Oh it. man, we've just been playing it nonstop. <laughs> so my movie count has diminished. Dramatically, <laughs> for sure. But at the same time, we've been having a ton of fun, and that's yeah. all. That's really all that matters. And talk Absolutely. about. I love just doing like different stuff, unique things to get yourself in the mood for Halloween. for Halloween. I just love it, you know, and that's something different. And um, you know, I'm sure we'll get we'll pick our movie watches up, but uh right now I just like killing people with a chainsaw. Well, speaking of games, <laughs> Jugsaw has returned in Craig Edwards. I wanna play a game. <laughs> oh, no, I've been a good person. No. <laughs> I Jugsaw has been in hiding since 2021 Spiral. <laughs> I was so embarrassed by that move. <laughs> that it took me two years to make my triumphant return. Jigsaw? My tits are still bigger than Dan's. <laughs> or no, his tits are still bigger than mine. So hey. no. Anyways. Ah, uh, Craig Edwards. 
What the fuck? Make your choice. You are going to have some Saw trivia. I hope you like this franchise. Here we go. 21 questions. <laughs> Question number one. Craig Edwards. Why was Amanda Young sentenced in jail in Saw? This is no. multiple choice. Oh, good. Here we go. Drug possession, kidnapping, tax fraud, auto theft. Amanda for tax fraud. Make your choice. The obvious answer would be drug possession, but I'm going kidnapping. Kidnapping? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you should see my face right now. It, it's drug possession, isn't it? Damn it. <laughs> it is drug possession. I'm going to go ahead and give you that one. We'll consider that a warm-up question. So, so I can uh, so I can uh, explain my, my performance on the next 20 questions. I'll just quickly say that I've seen the first film twice and every other film in the franchise once. So not well, one I've been through a hundred times like Friday the 13th. So let's see how I do on these other 20. Oh, you're going to crush this thing. Okay, right. here we go. What character in the Saw films does Australian actor Costas Mandelayler, Mandelayler. whatever portray? Uh, David what? Hoffman. Let me finish reading the answers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Detective. But I knew that one. You did not. It was half right. <laughs> oh. It's Detective Mark Hoffman. Oh, I thought it was David. All right. Well, still Hoffman. <laughs> Lieutenant Hoffman. Last name gets it. We'll get you there. Craig, right. you have to lose a pinky. <laughs> I figured I'd give up a finger for that one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Question three. This is not good for somebody who's sick for the triumphant return of Jigsaw. <laughs> what was the rundown debilitated motel on the main street in the Saw films? Oh, God. Hotel Barfly, Mercy Hotel, Hotel 7, Tapper's Hotel. Uh... The last one, Tappers. That is incorrect, Craig. There, there goes my ring finger. All right. It says, <laughs> it says wrong. Maybe your finger slipped. The correct answer is Hotel Barfly. No oh, kidding. Really? What a silly name for a hotel. All right. Right? I didn't know that either, and I'm Jugsaw. That's the hotel with the pedophile. Thank you for sharing. Yes. And it, okay. interestingly, I did know that the bar next door is called the Notel Motel. So, that, hmm. All right, question four. Which Saw film had the higher worldwide box office receipts? Oh. Saw 3, Jigsaw, Saw 6, Saw... Three. Good job. Hey! Ding, ding, ding. You gotta keep your eyeball. <laughs> Damn, all right, good. <laughs> Question five. Which film is also known as Saw, the final chapter? Oh, that would be part seven. 
Oh, he didn't even need multiple choice. Let me finish. (laughs) Jigsaw. Saw 3. Saw 4. Saw 3D. Saw 3D. See, that's what happens (laughs) when you answer ahead, Craig. (laughs) Don't be a Casey Becker. Oh, right, right, right. Jason, Jason, I know it's Jason. Okay. (laughs) All right. And Saw, who shot and killed Detective David Tapp? Since you've seen this movie twice, I expect you to get it right. Lawrence Gordon, John Kramer, Zepp Hendel, or Jill Tuck? John Kramer. Stick it out. That correct answer is Zep. Played by Ben from Lost. <laughs> oh, that guy, Ben Linus, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm Michael. so surprised. Michael something. Yeah. Yes. That he didn't return to the franchise. Right. Well, no, he died. Yeah, but I like mean, it does, yeah, like but, that like, never so, stopped anybody. Right. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> like he's a great addition. They could He looks the same. He does. Yeah. Seven. Which is a song title from the soundtrack from Jigsaw by Charlie Clusar. Close whatever. The shape burns, USB stick, the evil is gone, or the shape lurks. USB stick. Bravo. Hey. You need to keep your hairline. (laughs) Such as it is. And we you uh we've talked about this before, but the saw soundtracks, some of them are absolutely fucking phenomenal. And I own some of them. And some of them came with them. Like the DVDs. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Question eight. Wow. What was Zepp's, a.k.a. Ben from Lost, profession in the movie Saw? Oh. A detective, hospital orderly, hang on, my phone blacked out, pizza maker, or oncologist? Oncologist. No. He was the orderly. <laughs> Damn it. Ah. That is correct. Yeah. That was though. That that was the I that's like a crapshoot. Yeah. yeah. It was like 50-50. I definitely knew that Zepp wasn't making fucking pizzas. It's okay. I'll only clip a nail. <laughs> well, that looks nice, actually. That You're clear welcome. Coat, that clear coat really does a lot for me there. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Who directed the first Saw movie? I'm not even going to give you multiple choice. <laughs> James Wan. Yes. Ding, ding, Craig. <laughs> wow. Oh, God, this is going to kill my voice. All right. Ten. Released in October 2017, what was the eighth film in the Saw franchise? Oh, multiple choice? Oh, okay. Saw again, Spiral, (laughs) Jigsaw, or Saw 3D? (coughs) Jigsaw. Ding, ding! (laughs) Oh, God, we still got 11 more questions, fuck. All right. Which production company is best known for producing the Saw film franchise? Oh. 
Do you need multiple choice? Twisted pictures. You ding ding. Ding oh. fucking ding. <laughs> All right. All right. What is used by John Kramer to communicate with his test subjects in the Saw movies? A small yes. recorder. Let me. No. No. I'll give Damn you multiple choices. Okay. And you keep your elbow. I just picture right. sure blue on a tricycle. There you go. That's a good clue. What? Sammy the puppet. Billy yeah. the puppet. Billy, Billy the puppet. I'm not even waiting for the other. I'm saving your voice. Thank you. Hey, you save my elbow. I save your voice. It's a good elbow, Greg. It is, actually. <laughs> All right. How long did filming take for the first Saw film? Three months, 21 months, 18 days, 72 hours. <laughs> um, 18 days. Ding, ding. Oh, <laughs> See, Craig knows stuff like that. He knows production dates. Right. All right. 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 Fuck you. All right. Sorry, Batman. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna cut off Dan's head. One second. Shh. All right. Dig, dig. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what is the main theme song from Saw? The Downworld Spiral? The stick burns. Hello, Zep. Jigsawed. Um, choice two, B, the second one you said. The stick burns? Yes. No. Damn. It was Hello, Zep. If you oh, remember no kidding. The one, that's when the spiral music, yeah, the first montage happens. Oh. Okay. Nice. We're getting there. <laughs> All right. In the opening scene of Saw 4, Detective Hoffman is called to hear a cassette tape found where? And a puppet? Uh, okay. Uh, what? Go ahead. J Jigsaw's pocket? Amanda Young's purse? Jigsaw's stomach? Tummy! Taken right out of his tummy in the autopsy. We will let you keep your stomach for that question, Craig. Thank you. <laughs> All right. What was the reason Adam Stanwright was tested in Saw? Cheating, spying on people, stealing money, or bad manners? Cheating. No. Damn it. He spied oh, on okay. Dr. On, Gordon. On the cheater. Just Which makes sense. zero sense because he was hired to do so. All right. What actor played the primary antagonist of the Saw franchise? Tobin Bell. Ding, ding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're getting there. What was Adam's profession in the movie Saw? Photographer, hardware salesman, waiter, dentist. Dentist. No. Are you sure that's not the tooth? He was a spy. Was he really? People. Okay. Ah, you lose it here. What? I, there. Ah. He said what? <laughs> Number nineteen, Craig. 
I don't know why I'm starting to sound like Freddy Krueger. All right. Who played the character Detective David Chap? Morris Chestnut, Danny Glover, Michael Early or Ele, or Billy D. Williams? Danny Glover. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> Two more to go. Let's see if you can get out of here with your tongue. <laughs> I make the rest so, of the podcast tricky if I don't. <laughs> right, I was gonna say. Well, we shall say. And right. <laughs> saw five and saw six. What was the hospital which treated several surviving victims of John Kramer? Oh. Seaside Wellness, St. Eustace, Seattle Grace. That's from fucking Grace Anatomy. Is it really? Yeah. Eastman Medical Center. Oh, I don't know. Uh, choice D for the last one you said. No. It was St. Eustace. Ah, that was my second choice. Well, uh, I'll sign I'll sign everything else I was gonna say tonight after my tongue goes. Okay. <laughs> well, we're gonna this is this is this is for all the money. We're gonna uh get your brain if you don't get this one right. Okay. All right. And which saw film was the character of John Jigsaw Kramer killed? Oh, was it Jigsaw? Saw four? Saw? Or Saw three? You did make it tough. Um, I'm going to eliminate Jigsaw and I'm going to eliminate Saw. That's correct. It's either three or four and it's going to be four. Oh! Ah! Uh. We're going to have to make you into the new Billy Puppet. Damn. It was three? It, it was, was three. But you know what? That's technically a trick question, though, because it's three, <coughs> three and four and... run parallel to each other. Yep. So. so he dies at the end of four as well. So it's kind of <laughs> like... Ah. Thank you, Dan. Well, Let him go. Now. You release Craig. Dan, Dan is the Shawnee Smith to, to my COVID <laughs> You are no Amanda Young. You are you Amanda Young to me, Dan. <laughs> you know what, Craig? Because he sucks so much, I'm going to spare your life and kill Dan instead. <laughs> Sweet. I'll always remember him as a Danda now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was just attacked and then we played. You were filleted. All right. Wow. And might I say that uh, Amanda looked anything but young. Wow. Ooh. Ouch. That was an ouchie. But we'll talk about that for sure, because I have a lot to say about that. We'll get All there. Right. All right. <laughs> All right. Junk shall shall return. <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling that you're just going to be in and out this entire episode. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring back Lizzie. Hey, guys. <laughs> wow. What the fuck happened while I was gone? I don't know. Did you black out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was tied up in the corner. <laughs> I mean, you've gotten better, though. Now you just black out and do trivia games. Mm. That's not too bad. Right. And drink water. <laughs> right. You know, it used to be Jaeger. Now it's water. I know. I used to be young, but not Amanda Young. Wow. <laughs> well, how do you think you fared on trivia, Craig? Terrible. <laughs> But, it, but it's, <laughs> it's not my franchise. Um, I thought you did pretty damn good. 
Yeah, I did okay. You notice the technical ones when you start asking me who played, how many days did it take to shoot? Weirdly, I get those. But when you're into the intricacies of the interlaced plot of 10 movies, I get a little fuzzy on some of those. So, yeah, no, you did good. Um, what would you say is your relationship? I know you said you've seen the first one a couple times and then the rest just once. When's the last time you watched them? Like as they came out then or? No. That was, so I, one of the things I was hoping we could do is kind of do a breakdown because I, because I came to yes. the series as a series, as a franchise late. So okay. I saw the first film on home video um, a year or two after. I think two maybe had just come out, maybe. And I saw one maybe because of that two was out. So I thought, well, if they made a sequel, I better check out the first one. And I, and I very much enjoyed it. I really did like it a lot. And I watched two and I had no problem with it. By the time I watched two, three was out. So I was always like one behind and watching them on home video. And then for whatever reason, I just stopped. And I I did not go to the theater. Even though I was marveling at one being released every October annually, which I thought was marvelous. Because if you were of an age, if you were in high school, you know, college, you had a new horror film. At least one new horror film was coming out in the theater every year, you know, during the right month. So I was happy that they kept making them but I just wasn't watching them. And then in 2017, Jigsaw was coming out. And I, so I determined I was going to get all seven in and then go see mm-hmm. eight in the theater, which is exactly what I did. And you know what? I, uh, like I said, I've not watched this. Like I've watched Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, where I've seen them, you know, ad infinitum, but I enjoyed every one of them uh, through that seven film watch. And then I went to the theater and I enjoyed Jigsaw. And a couple of years after that, I went to the theater, three years, I guess, four years, whatever it was, and saw Spiral, and I apparently liked it more than you did. And then I went <laughs> today to see part 10. Yep. And what did I think of it? Well, we'll find out. We shall. I, that junk saw almost came out again, sorry. Um, <laughs> it, it's like habit, like once junk saw comes out, like it's hard to put it away. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, for Thrills and Chills, this is our season five, and I always give you the option of whether you want to be put in the drawing or if you want to cover a new horror movie that's coming out, right? It only felt natural for you to do Halloween then since you did Kills with us as well. Yeah. But you have the option this time as well, and you said that you would like to do Saw. We thought it was coming out much later, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be out late in October, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so what made you decide to go with Saw as opposed to being put in the drawing and getting it there? Well, it was already on my list to see in the theater because having started with Jigsaw, I did see Spiral in the theater. Spiral was one of my first films back, in fact, after the pandemic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and I saw it in an interesting way because, um, the weekend that it, w- it opened, I was in Charlotte, which is four hours from here, going to see an on-set cinema but there they go again, of The Rage Carry 2 at the Party House. So I was watching that film where, where it was shot, and we had all yeah. this daytime because we went over early in the day, so we went to see Spiral there in Charlotte. And right, right. Uh, so when you guys offered the option, I said, well, I was already planning to see 10 because I've enjoyed them, so I'll go to the theater to see that again. And so it seemed a natural choice to jump in on yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you a question, Craig. Now, um, watching these movies, uh, do you 
Do you get excited about them? Obviously, now it being Halloween, you know, it's got that tagline. Um, you know, it was such an event year after year. And that's why I think everybody's even excited now for even more sequels, you know. And this is definitely the franchise that you can continue on forever because you can literally just, you know, fit in stories in between episodes and, and you know, retcon in the best way possible. I think if any series can get away with retconning stuff, it's this, because they do it in such a fun way. But um, with that said, with these, do you enjoy it, you know, kind of making an event out of it again, making kind of an event out of the Halloween season? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like I said, I you know, I didn't celebrate them in the theater when they were doing their first seven yeah. So that's why I am now. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I went and uh, saw they had the uh, popcorn and drink combo yeah. and the special uh, tin and all of that. And I absolutely jumped in on that. Didn't know what I was going to be paying for it until the price came up. But oh. uh, how much was it? Um, thirty thirty three dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, actually, not that bad. I, I'd pay for it. And it is a metal, yeah, it's a metal, you know, bucket, basically, so. Right, exactly. Now, okay, so with them coming out every year, obviously, um, you know, I get excited about it. Now, from a logistical standpoint, you've worked on sets before. How quickly do you think they must go in back into shooting that's assuming that they didn't shoot any stuff you know back to back <laughs> previously from the last one or anything like that how long do you think that they go into shooting um after you know uh the last one was a hit well the first film was shot super low budget that's why it was 18 days 18 days would have been the average of a mid-90s tv movie which would have been three right. six day weeks um, right. I know that anything after one would have been on a on a slightly more leisurely schedule, but not very much. I would be surprised if any of them shot for 40 days, for example, but 20 to 30, somewhere in there. Um, I would imagine that once they started rolling out, especially when three went as big as it did, um, I think that they had log lines and treatments in probably going out two or three sequels at a pop. I doubt that they were just writing them by the seat of the pants by that point. Um, so they probably were in pre-production while they were still in post-production, oh, at wow. least in terms of that. You know, we're, we're definitely gearing up to do another one, and they probably kept some of the background crew, I mean, people that you're not as familiar with, but production designers and things like that. I'm not sure how much turnover there would have been. I honestly don't know. I know the directors along the way in the series. Um, but I don't know if they did turn over, but those are the kinds of people that if you want them to continue, you tend, you don't want them to jump onto another film. If you, right. if you know you want them to do a sequel to the one you're doing. So they likely, like I said, jumped into it that way, probably gave the actors a rest and let the sets get, you know, designed and ideas be coalesced and scripts go through a few drafts. But they were probably filming in the early part of the next year. So the film comes out in October. By January, February, they're probably shooting somewhere, Canada likely. And then that film is put through post-production for an October release. So that it's not 
for that kind of a film, it's not a James Bond movie. It's not a Star Wars movie. Right. Um, you know, that a year turnaround, it's decent. Nobody was nobody was having to deliver something with bloody fingers, you know, like a wet print to the theater. They have time. They have time to make one of those in a year. I think it's very impressive. And and again, you know, I think now more than ever, too, because Halloween gets bigger every year and people start celebrating it months in advance and you got more and more horror fans and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm not a gatekeeper either. I say the more the merrier, you know, I want people to embrace the genre and stuff like that. But I do feel like uh, you know, getting those movies into production as quickly as they did and having them come out annually and making an event of this of this entire franchise, it's something very unique. They mm -hmm. don't do this with many franchises. No. And just, it builds a hype and, and an excitement. Like, when we went to go see this new movie, man, we were ecstatic. Yeah. And, and when a certain moment happens at the end, our <laughs> theater which was like maybe eight to 10 people, that place erupted and cheered. So it didn't even matter. It was eight to 10 people. Right. Everybody was in it. It was, yeah. it was, it was great. And it just brought back that magic again. And I listen, I know that, you know, I don't want them to continue if the story is not good, if it's, you know, not done well, but I hope we get them every year again. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> this last rewatch, because we just marathon them all leading yes. up to Saw X, Spiral mm -hmm. was not needed and neither was Jigsaw, but... I skipped Spiral. Um, I wish I had. I um, <laughs> that movie just makes me so angry. Yeah. That movie makes me so mad. I hate off-screen kills and like it's the movie pissed. I, I'm not getting into it again. Yeah, we're not All talking right. about that. No, movie. fuck spiral. But anyway, so um, leading up to it, like so, one through seven was such like I always love this franchise. Like this franchise is like so near and dear to my heart. I remember going and see it in the theater because my mom had went and seen it, and she's like, "You got to come see this movie." Like I didn't. Being a horror fan, I didn't even know it existed. She's like, "It blew my mind," and so she went mm -hmm. to go see it again just because she wanted to see my reaction to the ending of the original. Nice. And, you know, it's, yeah. um, <laughs> so it's like just one of those special moments that like I have with her and nice. I've never not seen a Saw movie on opening weekend. That's amazing. You know, so literally Good. any weekend I've seen every, all 10. So um, I think that says a lot. What, um, it does. What's, the, what's the number one thing though do you think that the saw franchise is known for the traps right oh sure i mean it, yeah like it's all about the gore. well and, and and billy even though billy doesn't really play that big of a part right but he's so iconic looking yes right. yes yeah and i think he's such a nice touch though you know it gives that element to to John that it's it, I love that fun element to it and even in Jigsaw I think it's when he's painting it and everything it's just yeah, like there's I absolutely yeah. love it yeah no I, I, the reason I bring that up though is because I often when I when I bring up the Saw series everybody kind of shuns it you know oh it's the torture porn and I hate that I fucking first of all I can't stand that term and it's not that it's not necessarily accurate but it's like well yeah if if there was going to be a founder of that genre it would be hostile and saw 
<laughs> you know, so yes, well, so I was before hostile, but that's what I mean. Well, I'm not attributing it to necessarily one, but more of like kind of a movement, right? And and those movies came out, or generally speaking, around the same time, and that's what they that's what they dubbed <laughs> is, it. Is the it torture called porn, torture right? porn because people are getting tortured? Yes, and we we like to watch it and it's basically you know we enjoy well it that and... it's drawn out so much that if you had a sickness and were sexually turned on by it it's drawn out to a length of time and shown so graphically that it would excite the kind of people who get excited by that hence the name torture porn so yes yeah. and and then that's the thing so it gets such a bad stigma and it, people are like oh i don't like that gore stuff or whatever and stuff like that now listen that is definitely a part of this franchise whether you like it don't like it i mean a lot of these kills in this movie and in this franchise as we we're re-watching all these uh we turned away from you know a lot of them are hard to watch you know i mean i i like gore just as much as the next person but yes yeah, some of them are pretty intense with that said though i know that's kind of it's uh it's staple kind of it's flagship thing but i love the story i think that this the intricate woven story throughout all of them and going back and forth and how they tell the story has been the most interesting kind of innovative new way of telling a horror franchise you know you just don't have this right and it's the connectivity and it's a literally a staple of the franchise so when you have your montage at the end that's essentially the same as like a scream killer reveal you know you you have them in every one and on top of that you know it brings the story together and it reveals things and and reveals connective tissue that that you know, reveals different timelines and all this kind of fun, exciting stuff. I just think that this franchise does things storytelling-wise that no other franchise has even attempted to do. And I think just that alone, it, it's <laughs> it's got to be one of the best franchises. Rewatching it for me was an experience because I, I often... You know, Craig, forget things. you had mentioned this, Craig. Yeah, it's hard because there's so much that happens in all of them. It's hard to remember which one is which. Like, you know, oh, I thought that was that one. And, you know, shit, it's just, it's tough. But rewatching all of them and when you break it all down, damn, this is a fantastic series. Right. Fantastic. Now, Craig, do you have a personal favorite? Um. No, I really don't. I I think, yeah, I think they're all, I think they're all very well made. I mean, the first film, of course, as the first film, is the most standalone. I mean, if you were, if if all sequels, anything after first films, were all destroyed in some kind of weird viral massacre, um, <laughs> you know, Saul would survive very well without there being any on you know ongoing story. We know there could be one and was, but you know what I'm saying? That that film, it, it's beautiful in the way that it ends. It, it wraps everything up for that film very, very nicely. Um, but that doesn't mean it's my favorite because it is also low budget. And a great deal of its power is that ending, which is only good once. I mean, it's great to watch it with others and share it. 
But you know, for your own personal, holy crap, he was there the whole time. You get right. one shot at that. So, so that's why I think that it kind of works best as a franchise, in all honesty. I think that all the parts together are a very cohesive, which is important, whole. And they don't, I mean, they retcon a little bit, but they don't take like, okay, ignore the second film. We shouldn't have made that one. So now we're going to go forward and we're going to, you know, and with this fifth film, we're going to just forget two. And they don't do that. They try to build no. everything in. They run things parallel. They tell stories that you didn't realize were taking place before other stories. And they never underestimate the audience. They never treat the audience like they're dumb. They let, you know, you have to have a certain amount of intelligence to kind of keep up with it all because it's very, very intricate. And, and it's a tapestry. And Dan, what you were saying about that ending montage being unique, it absolutely is for horror, but that montage, that's that's a big piece of mystery, real mystery, where right. at the end, the detective tells you who did it, how, and why. And it's usually laced with these exact same kind of editorial touches that you're seeing at the end of a Saw movie, where you see that the that they didn't cheat, that there were clues laid throughout in, in a mystery, or in this case, that they were showing, you know, they were showing you bits that are a part of that payoff. And and so I absolutely agree that, that that's one of the marvels. And they've done it 10 times, nine of which you believe were fully successful. <laughs> Poor Spiral. Um, but, you know, that's that is incredible. It really is that they're still able to get another one out and Tobin Bell is still playing. <laughs> he may win. This may be the ultimate guy died in the third film and he's in the 10th film. So, <laughs> you know. well, and it's not just like a cameo. Like right. this is probably the most Tobin Bell heavy uh, jigsaw of them all. Right. Well, he's become, he's become horrors of Clint Eastwood. Yes. All lanky and tense as fuck guy walking in, underplaying. You know, he, he raises his voice twice in the film. Maybe. Right. You know? Yep. So he's he's underplaying. He is. He's horrors Clint Eastwood now. And he's awesome. He's really amazing in this. Well, I wanted to ask you, Craig, have you uh worked with or met anybody from any of the films? Oh golly. Um I've I've seen Danny Glover with my eyes. Um, I've seen Tobin Bell with my eyes, but I've not had any interactions with him. I don't think I've worked with anybody. I did think sometime today while I was at the theater or coming home, I had a thought that there was a connection I had, but it's escaping me right now as to what it was. Um, not worked with Shawnee Smith. Um, Sean Patrick Henry? Actually, I, I nearly knocked him over um, here in <laughs> Wilmington at a bar, but... <laughs> He was turning around with two drinks from the bar and I was coming up to the bar and I just about took him out because he's not a very big guy. No, he's, he's yeah, he's tiny. five nine, you know, something like that. Five eight, five nine, and much more slight than uh, he appears on film. Um, yeah, I for even forgotten he was in it. No Carrie Elwes, no um who's the other fellow chained up in one? Is that Lee One L? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, certainly not him. But somebody had a connection, like I said. What about I, I Wahlberg? Was, no, no Wahlberg either. Mm -mm. 
I'm trying to think. Um, what about um? Oh, she played um, uh, Dar or she played Darla and um, Buffy. Uh, what? Why? Julie Benz. Oh, actually, yes, I'd forgotten. Oh. Um, Julie Benz. She was Aunt Gwen on Dawson's, wasn't she? And that's is that the same actress? Am I thinking of? Is she Dexter like, or is she Modern Family? Dexter. Oh no, sorry. I'm thinking of oh, thinking Modern of Family. Gwen. Yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> Okay, no, not Judy Ben. Um, hang on. I think there was one more notable Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven. Yeah, she was. Oh, uh, or the kid from Scream Four. Uh, yeah. I don't know his Robin name. Uh, Beverly Mitchell was saw too. Yeah, she was Seventh Heaven. Um, no, not. Not her, and then Betsy Russell's in there somewhere. Yes, but, that she's but, up. Yeah, not her either. But <laughs> I, you know, I was a big fan of hers in the '80s when she was making movies like Avenging Angel or uh, Cheerleader Camp. Cheerleader Camp with with my ultimate heartthrob, Lucinda Dickey. <laughs> <laughs> we covered that on SPM. It was my first time watching it. The movie's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Cheerleader Camp. Yeah. <laughs> so. You remember the really big, here, here's a Craig rabbit hole, everybody. Get ready. Um, you remember um, the really big heavy set guy in that movie, Trav, Travis something or others, the actor. You know, he was a stunt oh. coordinator throughout 90s, 80s and 90s. Um, you know, 400 pounds, probably 6'4". I mean, you massive man. And if you look at a bunch of genre film from that time frame, you'll see stunt coordinator and there's his name going up. It's like, wow, I don't know, that seems wild to me that a man that large could provide safety you know with stunt scenes yeah right <laughs> yeah. that's like and, that's and, of <laughs> yeah and well, he and in cheerleader hard. camp he gets his uh he he gets disemboweled i remember yes. that. yeah <laughs> i've only seen that movie once but uh i do remember what you're talking about and um mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that does happen to him. Now, now, Craig, you talk about the, um, we were talking about the intricate woven story and how much, you know, all the connective tissue and, and how much, you know, uh, these movies play so well as a franchise, right? That's what you said. Right. And I really, I really do agree with that too, uh, because, you know, everything's streaming nowadays too, that it's nice to get a film series that does that as well. Now, here's my question and how it pertains to the new one, because there's been some time uh, in between this film and then the last one. Now, the last one I bring up because he's not in the last one, you know? Right. And so- You mean Spiral? In Spiral. So Why you are we can, talking about Spiral? If, this is important though, because you <laughs> can count that as a Saw film. But it's not. But it's but Jigsaw is not in that movie. His so, picture is. Right. So it's been some time since we've gotten Tobin Bell uh, Jigsaw in a Saw movie. So going into it, Craig, did you have any fears that it was almost going to be maybe a soft reboot and kind of throw some softballs at the audience and kind of give a light like jigsaw. pressure or kind of, yeah, just kind of kind of spoon feed them stuff? Because I know I had that fear for sure. I thought it was going to basically be uh, a soft reboot and and kind of easing us back into the franchise. I could see where you were thinking that the first trailer and Shawnee Smith showing up in the last shot of the trailer <laughs> um, yeah. made, right. 
you know, took in, if I had that thought, it, that took it away to some extent. The, the plot line, too. Um, it's interesting to me because in the first film, he is going after people who have done as little as like jaywalk or, you know, <laughs> slept, slept one time away from their marriage. And by this film, I mean, we're full on. We're on his side. He's the hero of the film. There's no, He's not an antagonist anymore. He's the guy we're cheering for. We want him to get all these bastards. And they are bastards. They are human monsters by this point. Right. I just think that's an interesting turn of events because I don't, to be honest, I don't think, just like Godzilla had to turn to a good guy at some point in that 8 billion run of films, um, you couldn't have him just show up and kick Tokyo's ass every film. Eventually, you needed to start bringing in something from outer space to kick Tokyo's ass, and then Godzilla could fight him, fight that thing. And it's yeah. the same thing here. If if he was still <clears throat> taking people out for, um, you know, taking a piece of bubble gum that they weren't entitled to uh, on the way out of an office, and he's taking them out, you know, putting them and taking their hands off in a trap, uh, we wouldn't be on ten, the 10th the tenth film. There's no way. His audiences would have tired of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you with a lot of the people that you see online, people are already kind of sick of the franchise, right? Oh, sure. Uh, they say that it's, like, repetitive, but I don't feel like they actually, like, are truly watching the films. Like, I, I don't think that they're seen beyond the traps, you know? Right. Like, as you said, those are, like, the most iconic things in the film. But I feel like people just aren't really paying attention to how like in-depth this story really is and the work that they put in to connecting it all. Yeah. Like they, right. they, they can't see beyond the gore, right. you know? Um, which it, it's really unfortunate because it is super fucking intelligent. It, this oh is God. maybe one of the most this maybe is the most intelligent horror franchise. Yeah. Just the way that they connect it and like, what was so cool about it? Like, if you go back and you look at the earlier installments, they would introduce a character and then they would not even a, do anything with them in one film. Right. And then the next film, they're the main thing. And then you're like, oh, that was that person from that, you know? They do that with Hoffman. <laughs> they do it with Hoffman. They do it with, um, is it Riggs? Obviously, Amanda, technically. Uh, in the yeah, they one. did it with Amanda as well. Yeah. Like, it's just super smart to slowly introduce us to characters, but still keep us connected. I mean, the, that's what I watch movies for. Right, right. You know, I'm not a casual film viewer. So, <laughs> right. like, I can get, you know, people that don't really watch film. Like, it's not their thing. But if you're a horror fan and, like, I just don't understand, like, the, the critique that people have and say, like, oh, they're all just repetitive. Well, yeah, like, the traps and stuff. Like, but, I mean, each, there is no repeat traps aside from, you know, the Amanda one. Yeah, that's true. Which, and, and, which they've and, got to be approaching, it can't be less than six or seven a film. I'm just throwing a number out. I, I have no idea, not looked it up or anything. But we got to be 60 or 70 traps in, I would guess. And you're right. I mean, they've not gone back and go, oh, well, let's roll out the old classic XYZ. They keep coming up with new ones. And, it's, and I think it was telling to what you're saying, Lacey, that in this film, there is something in, in the first 10, 15 minutes, which I don't want to hit too hard yet. I want to just leave it at that. But after that, there is there is no other trap stuff until well into the movie. 
We are watching John Kramer go through a very important period of his life. And it's not about punishing the wicked. Right. Right. Although, although the end game is that he wants to keep on punishing the wicked and he needs help to do that because his body is failing him. But I was kind of amazed. I was not, when I say what I'm about to say, I'm not saying it because I was unhappy about it, but I was surprised at how far, how much into the running time it was before we really, it really kind of got back to the business of being a Saw film and not a John Kramer film. And Craig, that's what I love about this movie, you know, and because they can do the same old fucking same old, you know, they can do the same. And I honestly, my biggest problem with this movie, and I feel like it's honestly truly a detriment to it. And we all know why they did it was the eyeball gag. Yeah, and I was about to say the same thing. I do not want any more. I don't know no. that there were ever any others, but I certainly don't want any more ever. I just thought about that for a second, but it didn't yeah. really happen. Traps. Right. right. That was insane to me because yeah. again, it's we don't have time for that. And, and I get why they did it because it's exactly what you just said, Craig. The first half of the movie is it's a real movie. It's a sad story of this guy who has cancer and desperately what you don't see really any jigsaw anything he's just a broken man and he's given a glimmer of hope and he's going through it and it's it's really a self-contained story until it turns into a song i i almost think of it in three stages it goes from completely non-saw movie and and a complete human story of john kramer and then they turn up the saw a little bit and then by the end it's full on a hundred percent i think this is one of the most saw fucking films in the franchise like it kind of reminded me of like a backwards equalizer yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. Yeah, similar yeah and and yes i could Oh, well, I was going to say, I totally agree with that. And I think that if you ever, if you wanted, even in this film, I wish that instead of that sequence where we think we've jumped forward in time where he's captured that guy, yep. the, the the orderly, um, I think they should have done it where, where the audience was in on it. In other words, the guy is reaching into the drawer and the drawer is the trap. And he gets taken out there in the room right next to the guy in the apnea mask in the bed. Because then we would have realized, well, that there's no way that John could have set that up. This is a fantasy. And it was just and then you cut back to and John, you know, the drawer isn't holding the guy, you know, in a trap. And he tells the kid, good choice. Right. I think right. that would have played better than a full on cut to trap fantasy. Yep. <laughs> I agree. Like it's definitely not a perfect movie, and it definitely has its flaws. Um, we'll get to the my big one because it's towards the end of the film. But um, I do think that was just given to I, us. Though, I do. Because I, we had nothing. Yeah, yeah, like it wanted to um, it, have something for the gore hounds in um, the opening. It, yeah, in the first half hour. <laughs> but that was basically like the equivalent of like an off-screen kill. Like it's not real, you know. Right. Um, right. Well, that was one of the big complaints that I had with Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is Mm -hmm. that 
he couldn't he killed Michael Myers at the end of that first film because he didn't Rob Zombie doesn't believe in the supernatural for the most part. So right. he killed him dead and then he got roped into making a sequel with a dead bad guy, you know, with a dead killer. And so he just all he did was basically wave his fingers in front of the camera for 30 minutes and then went, oh, and Michael Myers is alive over there. And then just kind of made, you know, the film went on and Michael Myers started killing people again. Because that whole sequence in the hospital at the beginning of Halloween 2 yeah, is a fantasy. Right. And it's and one of the this, best. That's the same ever. problem I have with that fantasy trap in this. Stop right. wasting my time. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. But but that's Thank a very small complaint about this film, Saw 10. Right. It was it was two minutes out of a two-hour movie, three minutes out of a two-hour movie. This is so the I'm, longest. This is the longest film in the franchise, aside from the first film. Yeah. It had to so, be. I knew it would have to be. Yeah. I mean the first one I it's two hours, two minutes, maybe, and then the rest are like 90 minutes. Oh, um, so this so, one is just shy of the of the first film? Because I think yep, this one's um, 158, right? Yep, this one's 158. Let me okay. double check on the saw runtime of the original. But um, no, I definitely agree with you know what you're saying in regards to um the fact that it, that it's not real, you know. Um, yeah, I did I mean, like just... this little line though of being good choice. I, I did get I it's a at fun it, little but... line, and and again, it's giving us something because the the first half of the film is not giving us anything. Oh, I and... was wrong, by the well, way. Um, okay. It was an hour and forty three minutes, so this is the oh. longest running time film. Oh, okay. right on, absolutely. Yeah. And was it's a Saw movie already. You're going to have a lot of fans, uh, you know, booing this and off put by it because it doesn't have an opening kill, you know, because that's what this movie it's known for, you know, starting off with the opening traps. A lot of them are iconic, you know, obviously mm -hmm. the first one and then, you know, even seven outside in, in front of the audience and stuff like that. You just have some iconic kills and this one it just doesn't do that with it so you gotta give them something um one other disc because i want to give like just a couple nitpicky things because they are nitpicky and i'll be honest just a little spoiler they really don't factor into the rating overall that much uh but they are just little things um so obviously john uh there's a part where obviously he finds out about this this program down in Mexico and he's going to it in the cab. And I just feel like this movie just could have done without it, but uh, he gets a little sidetracked by a van with a dude with guns. And I understand like that's that they were hiding the location. Of I, the... I, I, I totally get it. But it's stupid. Yeah. It just seemed <laughs> a little extra. That's all. Everything else with the whole moving of the of the surgical, you know, unit and all that. All of that I dig. But it was just that moment was just a little extra. Also, um, it felt I felt like a movie. I was thinking about that when we because we, we, we did go and see it a second time. Um, I was thinking about that today, and much, I was like, right? I was like, well, why weren't these two guys in part of the traps? You know? Yeah. Um. So I bet. Well, I bet you might yeah. find them in the deleted scenes when this comes out on disc. Well, no. So the driver, no, though. No, that's oh, of the taxi. Sorry. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about the guys in the van. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, well, like, why weren't they a part of it? You know? Oh, that's so, yeah. That's for all of them. 
<laughs> no, no, but like again, um, you know, the whole the whole idea of having a sequel in between one and two, you know, I'll be honest with you, it's really sort of it's in a lot of ways inconsequential to a lot of things, meaning a lot of stuff that happened in all the other movies doesn't really pertain to this that much, except for a couple characters and, and all the timelines add up, uh, haircuts match up, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's all accurate and stuff like that, but it really is its own story. Now, what do you think of that, Craig? What do you think of the whole side side story of Jigsaw goes to Mexico? <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, I think that the other, the tapestry of the first, seven films because eight is off by itself nine is certainly off by itself and now 10 i don't know that you can i don't know how many more layers you can add to the tapestry of one through seven um, without without it ripping under its own weight or inviting you know armchair quarterbacks who are going to take it apart why that couldn't work or you're gonna ha- you're gonna be forced into retconning more, so I think that they've done the right idea. I mean, they've inserted this in, but like you said, it's not. But it's not. It's a new skein. It's a new right. tributary of the river of the first seven films. It's off to the side a little bit, but we know where it goes. I mean, we know where it fits in. Yeah, I think you had to do that if you wanted Tobin Bell back. If yes. you don't want to, if you don't necessarily want to continue with a Hoffman or a or an Amanda, or you know, pick up one of their post John Kramer uh, game runs, then you've got to um, you've got to set it between one and two, and you're you're kind of forced because you already know your beginning and your end. You know, you can only fit the from the end of one to the beginning of two. That's all you've got to play with. Um, I thought it was clever. I, 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 and I wanted Tobin Bell back. It was time. It was the 10th film. It's time to bring him back. And, you know, if this is his last hurrah, he went out on a high note. If he doesn't do any more, even if they make 20 more. Um, and and then we have to get, shall we just now make this the nitpick corner so we can get all of our nitpicks out of the way? Absolutely. So, so yeah, it's already been mentioned. This isn't really a nitpick on my part because I don't. It doesn't bother me very much, but of course he and and every all three returning actors look older than they did the last time they played these roles. Right. It's a given. It is what it is. They're hoping that you believe that Kramer's sickness is why he looks so rough. It, it's kind of viable. Um, I will of the three. I thought that Shawnee Smith had the hardest row to hoe. Yeah, because. Looking like you're, you know, he's Tobin Bell is in his seventies. You know, he oh, was he's eighty-one. To, what's that? Eighty-one. Eighty-one. Wow. I mean, That's then he looks fantastic. Um, you know, but he was playing a guy in his fifties or sixties. You know, that's fifties. That range is not stupid. But you're asking a girl who was, you know, in her twenties now, and now she's in her forties, and you're asking she's her to, you know, play that again so you're asking a lot of her and they did not as far as i could tell they didn't do a bit of digital de-aging to anybody 
No. They just no. put a really silly fucking looking wig on her. Right. <laughs> uh. Like, did she not look like Stuart from Mad TV? <laughs> Well, you did see her off to the side that one time where she said, see what I can do. (laughs) She did that stupid little dance while they were on the table going back and forth. Um, So that, but but I mean, but I, but you can, there is a nitpick to be had there, but personally, I don't care. I want those three actors back. In fact, I was a little disappointed until he showed up in the mid credit scene that we only had references to uh, Mandalore and we didn't see him. So right. I was delighted to see him back, you know, in that brief thing. And I and it was weird because it felt like they did more work designing a shot. Of course, he was only in the one shot, literally. But it was it was a shot designed to minimize his aging. And, you know, poor Shawnee had to be every which way from every <laughs> angle, you know, up, down, sideways on a, with high def cameras. Um, but my nitpicks are, well, this is not really a nitpick. It was just a strange choice to me. When he realized he'd been had, yeah, he threw yeah. down the tequila bottle. The hitting of the tequila bottle was the most non-sequitur moment in the film. It it was an off-screen kill. It hit right. it hit off camera and they didn't there's no musical sting and the and the sound was completely muted because he was supposed to be like like his senses were dulled by the horror of what had happened to him. And I just I couldn't believe that they didn't use that as a giant you know, turning point moment, you you know, whatever. It just seemed like that should have been like that should have exploded for right. five minutes. I just no, dude, I, I'm so glad you said that because I thought the same thing. It was very anticlimactic in its uh, timing, you know, yeah. and also one thing too, guys, let me ask you guys a question because maybe I missed something. So they make it a point uh, as a plot point to keep him awake and and to Kai and there's a scene where he sees somebody working on the brain, and we later find out that it's like a it's like a brain surgery for dummies type of deal, yep. right? Or whatever. Yeah. Now, why not just fucking give him anesthesia like any other fucking thing? Like, why what? Why would that matter? They they'd that, be gone. That was a big part of the revelation, though. Him realizing that his that his thing was on a pre-recorded burned disc. Right. That's that's what that was for. And it matched. You know, he was obviously looking at it and there was the whole, you know, the whole play acting of nurse turn that monitor where he can't see it. Um, right, but, but if they're trying to con him, why not just put him to sleep? You know what I mean? Like Because they wanted him to believe. Like, it was like a reverse psychology kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. They wanted him to believe that. Yeah, in the story, that's true. But the reality, the real, real reason it was done that way was so the character could see it and and it socked home that he'd been taken. It was more of a storytelling device than it was a real plot, you know, forward momentum moment. And and I gotta tell you, man, you know. Um, obviously we're, we're jumping around here, but you know, he, he finds out that there's this, there's this miracle cocktail mixed with surgery. They say that like five times, by the way, uh, there's this thing mixed with surgery that could, that could basically, um, prevent his cancer from returning. 
So he he goes along with this and finds we all find out that it's a scam. Now we all kind of knew that in the trailer or whatever. Um, I love the setup or whatever, but I'll be honest with you, as he's going through it, man, do they play for the emotional stuff. Like you feel so bad for this guy. Like oh, yeah. so bad. You forget all the stuff that he's done in the past films. And this is a point that I wanted to bring up. Now, it's always been in the background, like, and, you know, all the all, all the soft fans will be the first ones to tell you on Facebook and stuff. Oh, no, Jigsaw doesn't kill. You know, he's got these rules and stuff like that. But we never really dive into it. You know, we see scenes of Tobin Bell. He always seems to be 10 steps ahead. He always seems to have a bigger plan or whatever. But this is the first time that we really see him truly vulnerable, you know, where he he's he's out of control, um, at least for a short period of time until he fucking gets, you know, revenge on him. And I don't care what you say. Like, it's revenge. Like, if it's the same people that screwed you over, like, that's revenge. <laughs> like, oh, you're picking those you're picking those people. So, like, yeah. I don't want to draw, you know, we're drawing the line there. But, man, well, does he come off? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was, was going to say, he, and it was surprising to me because I assumed from the trailer and hearing the plot set up, I thought he was going to come home. Yeah, I knew he was traveling to Mexico in the story, but I thought he was going to come home. And then I thought he was going to go and sh try to show his doctor, look, look, look at the cure. And the doctor would be like, what are you talking about? That tumor's still there and it's bigger. I right. thought that was going to be more the revelation. And then I thought he was going to somehow get those people brought to where he was. So this was my next slight nitpick is, boy, he achieved a lot setting up a whole new headquarters. <laughs> right. You know, uh, using their facilities in what appeared to be days. So. Well, Craig, actually, now that you say that, baby, didn't they actually do that in the trailer? Isn't there a doctor that says the tumor's still there? Yes. I thought there I saw, was. That's that why I thought he was home. Yeah. Dude, and that would have been better. I don't know what, and we all know, like, yeah, they cut scenes, but that would have been a better revelation for sure. Absolutely. But then you don't get that whole him walking through the empty thing and, and looking all emo and stuff like that. But listen, yeah. I think that them taking this angle was brilliant. What else can you do but double down on, you know, why this guy does it. And, you know... So they, what, did he just fly Shawnee Smith out there that's, then? There it is. That's what I'm talking about. How did he get all that equipment down there? How did he get the Billy doll down there? How did he get, a, you know, Amanda down there? Now, didn't he use the same building that they used to screw him over in? Yeah, I yeah. in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was kind of cool. He didn't even have to go far. He was like, oh, it's already here. So he just gave a phone call to Amanda and was like, I need your assistance. Well, no, what he did was call Hoffman, and then once Hoffman tracked them all down, Amanda went and got her pig mask and fucked them all up. And and that's why, that's how simple they made it, too, and that's what I loved about it. It's like, yeah, the revelations of, of Hoffman at the end, and you get Amanda's introduction. <laughs> By the way, I love, he's like, this is my assistant, this is my associate, Amanda, and it shows that fucking close-up shot of her crazy ass. Because let's face it, Jigsaw's great, but Amanda's the fucking batshit crazy one, and, and she's a blast to watch. And Craig, to your point, too, man, that was one of my, like, for me personally, it was my, it was a big thing for me because it's like, 
Oh man, yeah, she looks a lot older, and I always hated that haircut in two, anyways. But whatever. I'm watching it though, and I it, it gets the wheels turning because I'm thinking, all right, well, you can't de-age them. Like you said, it's not like they got Star Wars fucking Luke Skywalker money, anyways, for that. Right. And second of all, do you really want that? And or do you want them recast? Like these are the same actors coming back again. We have to, we have to kind of go with it to a certain extent. Oh, I, and I, that's why I said it didn't really bother me. I threw it into that right. corner, but but it didn't bother me because I do want those actors back. Um, so right. I'm willing, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief that they don't look 20 years older. Yeah, I'll yeah. absolutely give them that because I because I enjoy their work so much, and yes. Seeing her play that crazy ass character again, yeah, <laughs> I'll watch her yeah. in ten years from now if they do. You know, if Tobin's still with us at ninety one and wants right. to do another one, I'll be there. I will watch yeah. it. So, so now I'm hoping that they have enough uh, sense to when they're filming these, like that Hoffman scene, right? While you got everybody there, film some more shit. Do different scenarios. Who fucking cares? Make I'll some tell you. Shit. I'll tell you the problem with that, and it's why they're yeah. on. Why they've been on strike is when you when you shoot stuff that's going to be used in a future film, it becomes a whole mess with the pay oh, and the residuals. Really? Yeah. Oh, right, and that's right. part of the reason that actors makes... don't want you taking their image and holding it hostage, so to speak. And so, you know what? That makes so much sense. You're right. I know yeah. nothing. <laughs> it just. It's one of those things. It's like, oh, you got them all there. Just, but you're you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, that's uh, because you know w- way back when the Falcons made the um, Musketeers movies. You know, they they shot and shot and shot and shot, and they didn't tell the all those actors they were shooting three Musketeers and four Musketeers back to back. And as okay. far as the actors knew, they were making one very long movie that happened to involve three Musketeers in the first part of the film and four Musketeers <laughs> in the second part of the film. And when yeah. the three Musketeers came out and it just kind of ended, the actors were all scratching their head going, what about all that other footage we shot? Well, a year or two later, here comes the four Musketeers and they and the Falcons didn't pay them any more than they did for the work while they were just there, their weekly whatever, for however long they were there. So when the second film came out, there was all kinds of lawsuit happening. Right. So that was that's part of that. But I have a great idea, and I want to throw this out (laughs) while we're in this point. I know what Saw Eleven will be. So how did he get all of that stuff to Mexico? Well, here's the story. The film opens on a semi-trailer that is coming across the border with one of those loads of illegal immigrants that are brought over the border somehow in a semi-trailer truck. It arrives. All of the people are set free by John Kramer, who then <laughs> takes all of the people involved with bringing those illegal immigrants and turning them loose in the desert to fend for themselves. He takes them all hostage and puts them all through a game, Saw 11, and then he uses the <laughs> truck to transport all the stuff back for Saw 10. Yeah. Oh, it was, it's also a fold back. It's another film that takes place before the one before it. It all connects to it. Exactly. Same time. Uh, it's no, written and, itself. You got Hollywood, you're welcome. And, and think about it though, in, in terms of diversity, you know, think about all the different entries. You know, you got you got Saw 4 that takes place while Saw 3 is running. Now, that has not been done in any movie, has it? 
you've gotten the the final destination you know as a prequel and stuff like that you've gotten um split where it was a sequel when we didn't know it was a sequel and stuff like that but not a sequel like this that we find out is running concurrently with the last entry that to me equivalent is back to the future 2 yep rerunning parts of one that's the closest you can get to that yeah which is my all-time favorite movie. Yeah, so it just makes sense why I love this kind of stuff. But um, with with connections like that, you know, we get this installment, and it's such a different take to start. You know, it's such a emotional, uh, you know, obviously Tobin Bell um, acting, very centric kind of portrayal. Now, for me, that is, I, I loved it. I loved that take. And it, same with the, when it, when the end credit thing comes up and the title sequence says Saw X at the end, it's such a soft shot and it's so full of love and so not what I was expecting from the end of this movie. And we'll talk about it and, and how it kind of subverted my expectations anyways, but Man, they really doubled down on the emo stuff. And they, like you said, Craig, they made Jigsaw the ultimate anti-hero. They and made, made Jigsaw. Jigsaw, too. <laughs> the ultimate anti-hero. And they really touched on subject matter that was, that really just pulled at my heartstrings. And for a franchise that is nothing but brutal, I mean brutal, nobody fucking survives this franchise i mean yeah technically you know hit matthew's kid and you know monica potter maybe I, I think she gets out alive but there are people that survive but it is just full of devastating just horrible shit all the the main cops are either killers or they get killed in traps or they get shot with machine guns later on rest in peace final destination but it, all these things happen that are so dark to have a sequel like this that provides such levity and such a um, kind of a, you know, a happy kind of outlook on things. No, I wouldn't say happy. Maybe that's not the correct word, but such a an emotional take and a really heartfelt take. I thought it was one of the more brilliant things you could do. It was what I was honestly really hoping for, but I never thought that we would actually get it. And they gave us everything. They gave us everything. To me, this is the ultimate Saw film. This is everything in the kitchen sink. It was emo and then it was full on Saw. And I feel like we as fans should be grateful. Yeah. um, As someone who's like a diehard saw fan you know like, yeah i'm a saw you fan, are no you were quoting the first one the second one craig you should have seen it man like i didn't know you were that big of a saw fan that was crazy yeah like I, like i'm saying like you can't just like casually like watch these films no like, um there's no. there's so much that love that's put into the story 100%. you know like and it's so smart like um you know after watching all of them, um, you do kind of start to see like the pattern and where they're going to go with it. Right. And right. so like this one is a little bit more cliched than some of the other ones, obviously. Like, so like, for instance, when, you know, the guy, um, he randomly runs into him at the place and 
you know, he, you know that th this is the guy that set him up, and that's going to come back somehow, right? Because well, why? Why is he not there? Predictable. Like, yes. Like you can't just leave this guy out. So you know that's coming back when he is talking to the little boy and helping him with his bike, and he just has to use one word that says pull. Like yes. you know, like okay, well that's coming back. Don't know why, but that's going to be back later. Like with, just like little with the cab driver, and he says, "I am here every day." That's like, how like, he knows to yes, go back. Like and find little moments there. like that. Yeah, like you can start to pick up the pattern of what is happening in these type of films. This one feels a little basic at times. Yep. With that stuff. Um, and yeah, like, but, but however, yeah. I did not see the ending. Um, full. full oh no. Um, the ending is pretty long. Yeah, we'll get there, I guess. I'm sorry, sure. I'm jumping ahead. So okay. I did want to point out one of my nitpicky things. Yeah, please do. Because it is, it is in the ending. Yeah. Um, Like, I was so confused by the fact that she apparently knew that he was Jigsaw. Yeah, I thought that was a little little weird. And I also thought it was weird that the the other victim, who really wasn't, he was the boyfriend or whatever, I thought it was weird that he would show up pretending to still be the disgruntled victim when right. I don't know how right. it was set up unless I guess it was a part of her knowing that he was Jigsaw somehow. That whole thing was confusing. I agree, guys. Yeah, because it's like, very why, is, muddled. why is this dude just randomly showing up at the same time he just happens to be there? Like, how far apart did this happen? Well, <laughs> no. So, okay, so what well basically they when uh Kramer talked to Hoffman Hoffman says yeah I got everybody but you're gonna have to get him a different way so essentially what he does is he draws him out so Jigsaw draws that guy right. in by kidnapping her and then yeah he so he pretends to show up like yeah, I was still a victim. Yeah, I get like, that. I, I know, I know. Yeah. The whole thing. I, I'm, I'm with you silly. as well. I'm with you. Silly. It's when she says that line, like, when I found out you were Jigsaw. But, and I'm like, wait, what? Because right. how much time was that? Like, I outsmarted the John Kramer. Like, Well, do you think, well, she found out since she scammed him, since that time and the time that he jacked her in the car. So she found out in between that time. It must that must be right. It, that's the only thing that makes any kind of sense. Does it make sense? No, but that's what. Well, I no, because attention. she was like, I like she like because I paid attention when we watched again today because that was something I was confused about. I don't pay attention around. ever. And um, like she was like pretending she didn't know who he was at first, and then when she like gets into like her big bad speech there at the end. Hang on, yes. sorry, I have to cough. Please do. <laughs> um, she um made it seem like she knew who he was when she was scamming him and she's like you could have just walked away but you couldn't and like mm, so it like it definitely seemed like she knew who he was prior to scamming him gotcha okay. and you know um because even well then that's the dumbest thing they, she could they, have ever they done name so much in this movie Jug. yes like i almost yes. felt like the writers um you know had a bet with somebody if you know you got to give me a hundred bucks every time they say his name in that film. And, and he's standing there, you know, collecting 15 grand or whatever at this point, because yeah, they say his name a whole bunch. Like, well, Kramer! Also yeah. that guy who kept yelling Kramer. All I could think of is Jerry Seinfeld. Kramer! Just, it's, okay, anyways. But, um, 
that was a nitpicky thing. And yeah. Then, yeah, I agree with and that. And then I also don't think that she got it enough. Like every other victim has been like. I was waiting has- for that collar she had her head through to pop her head off. Right. Right. At the very least, you know, one final thing. Um, she didn't suffer at all, in my opinion. Like she got burned a little bit on her fucking face. She like, they, that may be their plans for eleven. Then yes, something. No, yeah. honestly, I, I think that we have yet to see like it, the it, extent it would, of her fate. Honestly, in order for me to like not nitpick that, we're gonna have to see something else. But because okay. if that's how she, if we never see another film with her, right? And like, or if this is the final one, like well, I don't think it will okay. be. But if they they don't bring that back in some capacity, right, right. they have to have plans, right? Besides, even if it's even if it's the opening of eleven, right, right. Now, besides James Wan and Lee Winnell, who wrote it or whatever, Darren Lynn Bowsman did a lot of these. Uh, Marcus yes. Dunstan and his writing partner they wrote a bunch of them. I think they wrote three of them Patrick or whatever. Somebody, yeah. Patrick Melton, yeah, yeah, yeah and right. they're great. I talked to him for a couple of hours one day, and he was one of the nicest guys ever. He was doing a Halloween movie at that time, and he was doing a whole Silver Shamrock thing that he was telling me about. It that would have been a great Halloween movie, anyways. That never actually got made, uh, but that was going off of Rob Zombie's movies too, yeah. which is very odd. Uh, but anyways, with with all that said, and the director of this. He's directed a couple of the other ones as well, uh, I believe Spiral, uh, but he was the editor on all of them, including the first. Now, what that tells me a lot of things, one being the main thing being that this is like a family atmosphere. You know, you may not have every single person all hands on deck on every single one, but it does feel like a family vibe. It does feel <laughs> like a one cohesive unit. It feels like, and Lacey Lou, you had said this, it feels like there's a lot of love put into this, man. And you can feel it when when it's happening. Now, I'll, I want to go back to something, that, that point that I brought up earlier, because I, I just want to add something to it. Because when, when I brought up Saw and... And basically how I didn't want it to be a soft reboot because it's been a while. I don't know, you know, how much they're going to really tie into it. There's a line when he's talking to that dude where he just got back and he was like, yeah, I just got back from from Norway. Now, Norway is is the one that he mentions in six, I believe, to the insurance company. Yeah, correct? I believe that Norway is like an actual legit. That's the, the legit one. Yeah, that's her dad. Yeah, that's her dad's place. Yeah, like, she was running the scam, though. Yeah. Yes. Like, it wasn't her dad. Yeah. No. Yeah. So. Yep. So with that said, we're probably going to get her and her daddy in the next one. But this is but this is the main point, though. Up until that moment, I didn't know if we were playing softball or or if we were in the major leagues or not. In terms of in-depth, we're gonna give you deep cuts. And as that soon as as soon as they mentioned that and that tied back to that one little moment, I knew it. I said I shouldn't have doubted these filmmakers. Of course they're gonna tie into the other ones. Of course we're gonna get nods to this. And we did. Amanda's back, Hoffman's back. Hoffman ain't back a lot, but this is this is why I say all this. Hoffman's not even dead. Like, you know, to date, that motherfucker's still alive. You know, there's a lot of loose ends that, that can be tied up 
in the future. And for a franchise that hops around this way and that way and upside and down and back and sideways, that's okay with me, you know, because that just means more soft films. So I don't know. I personally thought it was so, so brilliant what they did with this movie. And I do feel like a lot of it was kind of predictable, like you said, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, the ending got me. I, was like I didn't in see, my I didn't see the ending happening. And and honestly, and I'm and I'm gonna spoil kind of you know something that we're gonna bring up here in a few minutes, but I did not expect for this movie to bring me to tears either at one point. I didn't expect that at all. I got really emotional, but we'll get to that in a minute. And it wasn't because my popcorn fell. Damn. Nothing. Maybe a little. <laughs> um yeah no um even though it was predictable I felt like I was in like my comfort place though because like I'm so familiar with this franchise yeah that was something I was talking about earlier when I did an episode was we like these we like these franchise sequels and we're probably less critical of them at least I am anyways because they're comfort and as opposed to like a new film I feel like I'm more harsh when it comes to critiquing them and like, cause I'm not familiarized with them and like, they're not like my go-to movies, you know? Right. Like right. in this world, I'm familiar with these character characters. Yeah. I'm familiar with them. Right. So it's like a place of like, the only anxiety I have is like, are they going to die? But in this one, I don't have that anxiety because I know that they're already dead. Right. You know? So, right. Um, right. Or, they, or you want so, them to die. So, but so like, I felt like I was at home. Right. Like, and this, I feel like this was a great addition. Yes. As you know, Craig said that they do appear older, but I like, I can suspend the disbelief for that. What, what else do you want? What, what <laughs> right. else are you going to like, do? I mean, it? you can't cast like, what are you going to do? Put a backwards hat on him again and make him, like, you know, <laughs> that was great. That's like one of my favorite memes on the internet. <laughs> but, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, like, even though like you're watching like these traumatic things fucking happening, it feels comforting in no sense. I don't know. And 100%. like, this story was a lot different than the other ones. And I think the reason, like, why I got emotional, and it's not just because of the kid in this at the end. Um, it's simply John. Yes. Like, I mean, it's funny because like I mentioned, like everybody's like loves John. Um, after we watched the first one, but I was like, oh, he was going to kill Dr. Gordon's kid. Like, what do you mean? Right. Like, but people forget that. Um, <laughs> because we've elongated from there at this point. But um, this one, like, you get emotional because, like, John just really wants to live. Right. And he sees, like, you know, he sees what people are doing and you're right Craig it did go from like one one little extreme to like now he's going after super villains yes like we've gone back Bond villains exactly yeah right 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 they are Bond villains and um yeah but but it's super creative and I love to see I love the progression of it and I think that's why people like the Fast and Furious movies as well you know like they're so like they went from like so like ground level zero to they went to fucking space right please don't put jigsaw in space though right like please <laughs> yeah, don't well, do that no they're not going I to know. but like you know it's it's definitely like we've gone from like the city to new mexico now and i think that's probably like the equivalent of space but for this. but for me though it, it's more about not physical territory but the emotional territory that they're treading and the fact that they gave us a little emo movie you know like that yeah. That was something very unexpected. 
He, but but okay, and this is something. I'm thank you for just saying that because it reminded me when you were talking. Because I'm thinking about it, and what is this dude at at its core? You know, he appreciates his life, and he's trying to make others do the same. You know, and he's not awarded the same luxury as them. And yeah, obviously it's fucked up, up right? but limbs. you really do see it uh, through his eyes and it's so sad and he really does. And, you know, his, Craig, you had mentioned uh, the two times that he really raises his voice. And I think one of them he's, you were referring to is the one where he gives the speech to all of them when they're all in the room. And yep. can I just say that the physical nature of him and Amanda being in the actual room Play, yeah, that was different. Playing the game on a more personal level, I thought that was more of the 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 more brilliant things to do, and kind of subtle with the same way. You know, they weren't doing it to be like, "Oh, this is something new we're doing." He literally sat there and looked at all these fucking people and said to them, "You guys scam people." You know, he just broke it well, down I, for them, and it was emotional. Well, I think what that showed between you know him and Amanda, like. They're not just crazy. Like, no. you see, like, their humanity. Yeah, Amanda did well in this one. Oh, and also you could see her drug addiction in, in part two and, and obviously the whole series uh, factoring in with one of the other girls. She feels bad for her because, you know, when she tries She's to... She's a drug addict, yeah. Yep. Like, take mercy on her and, and that kind of just reinforces Jigsaw and her relationship even more. Uh, especially in part three too, because that that one is when all that shit goes down when he dies and she's really acting her fucking ass off. They both are, but um, man, there's so many little aspects to to the things that play into later sequels and that kind of add new layers to it. That I thought that what they were doing was fucking brilliant from the jump. Well, I want to talk about the traps. Okay. I know we I know we talked about yeah. the first one already. So I mean and that was a cool trap with like the eyeball sucking, but like it wasn't real. So we're just Oh, by sure. the way, the guy had a vacuum going into that room and that's why there was a vacuum sucking up the eyes. Oh. There you go. Yeah. And sticky fingers, that's why he broke his fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. No, that's what I'm here for. Um uh yeah, so I thought the these were some of the most cringe inducing ones of the franchise. Mm. if not like the leg yeah or cutting up i just have to say the sound editing on her cutting off her own fucking leg oh was yeah. probably the best sound editing that i've heard in the film yeah that was good like, i had a guy in the theater and he he when the leg came off and then moments later the head came off he was there was a buffer seat between us so he was only one seat away from me and he got down after the leg came off. He was suddenly down, hunkered down between his seat and the buffer seat. And I'm kind of watching him in the darkness and I'm also watching the film. But I'm like, what's he doing down there? And at one point I thought he had like dropped something and he was trying to feel under the seats for it. But I now think that he was avoiding watching. I think the leg bothered him so bad that he got down. He couldn't just turn his head. He had to get down and hunker down and look down towards yeah. the floor. And then when her head came off, he got up and walked out of the film and he never came back to that seat. No way. Yeah. Did he come back in the theater? No, he never came back. He was gone. 
I mean, I never oh. saw him again for the rest of the running time. So, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a rough one. I think that was probably the most brutal in the, like, I mean, well, and, like, I don't know if she necessarily deserved the worst one. Well, I mean, the dude does have to cut through his own brain, but I mean, stabbing into his arm that's why, like, I mean, these people are just like a part of it. Like they're like played to play a part for her and she like nothing fucking happened to her. So like, I feel a little unsatisfied when I'm really thinking about it. Right. With Celeste or whatever her name is getting away with. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I feel very un- like because nothing fucking happened to her. Her face had like a little rash. It looked like at the end, and like she just has her head in that thing. Like, and, and that I think, and, and I felt like, plans. and I felt like her relationship with the guy was a little like I love this movie. Don't get me wrong, I really do. But like I just like her and him, they were a little forced for me. Yeah, I think they could have casted better. Um. Yeah, I thought I she like- was Allie Larder. I thought she was Allie Larder from Final Destination. <laughs> it really looked like what she, you know, must be looking like all 25 years later. Since, well, I worked with her on Dawson's. That was a connection. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was her all the film, and I would be talking with you about that tonight because it had a Dawson connection. And then she turned out to be the actual Swedish actress or whatever she is. So, but yeah, no. You think she needed to be recast or the or the guy? Both. Wait, was okay. she Christy? Okay. Christy makes me misty. Yes. Was she Christy? Yes. Okay. Allie Larder was. Yes. 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 But yeah, so I don't know. Like, I just like, and when she was like, you have to do it, you have to do it. And then, like, and then after she got out of the trap, like, she like got like uber cocky. And like, I mean, obviously, like, she's like trying to play a part because she wants to like maybe try to empathize with John to get him to let her go if nobody shows up to save her. But I don't know. Like, I just really didn't like her character arc like it was very uh, cartoony at times i yeah, don't know yeah. I, I don't know how else to explain it but i just really didn't like her craig said it best james bond <laughs> yeah it, just, it, it, it felt like a bond twist villain and it was like you know what it reminded me of a little bit it reminded me of the the twist in the uh in the second orphan movie so so you add on to something and it adds some you know another layer onto yeah. it but I just feel like with this, yeah, you're right. It didn't quite, it didn't, the puzzle piece didn't fit, you know, like it didn't quite work. I see what they're going for. I see what you're saying as well, where it's like, yeah, they have these two people coming in and obviously what we know about them by the end of the movie, oh, it's something completely different. And But then when you really go back and think about it, like, do we buy all of this? And especially with some lines thrown in, like you guys are, are, are honing in on you know about the whole you know she knew who he was and stuff like that right it's it just seems like a lot it is and it seems I mean, like a lot and another thing is like sorry i'm gonna like go off here oh for no a second. yeah like please. another thing that pissed me off is everybody got three fucking minutes like the bitch got three fucking minutes to cut off her own leg and then put a fucking thing in it to make her bleed to like get to like 350 whatever bone marrow right and the dude gets three fucking minutes to cut through his fucking brain. The other dude gets three minutes to blow off or, you know, get the bombs off his fucking arms. This bitch gets 10 minutes yeah. to fucking kill. They get 10 minutes to kill one or the other. Like, right. two fucking minutes, Craig. Well, it's the end. Of the movie. Right. So, well, 10 minutes. Go ahead. Well, okay, I'll say one thing about that. Now, one problem that we had watching this entire franchise, especially in part six with Powder, 
and walking across that was those, seven. Uh, seven, I'm sorry. Walking across those boards and stuff like that is the timing, the timers in mm-hmm. real time as we're watching this. Right. It doesn't add up. No. It just doesn't add up. A lot of it, like, this is the longest minute ever. Now, did I time the new ones? No. But I would say that three minutes for each one is pretty accurate. But why does she get 10? Because she's the final villain. She's a Bond villain. No, but the, it just, it didn't, like, I, <laughs> yeah. I just don't like it. It I, didn't I make sense. I, like, put three fucking minutes on the timer, kill each other. Kill I agree. I I completely agree. Yeah, well, like, but But that gas, that acidic gas, needed yeah. 10 minutes to work. And you needed, you know, you needed, to, because it was um kind of like the, the table going back and forth, you needed some time to allow them each a moment, you know, a, a bit of time to stick their head out there and breathe and realize, right. that, you know, there's only one of these holes. Now I'm going to, we're going to fight. I think, so I think, yeah, 10 may have been a bit much, but I certainly think six would have been, you know, double. Um, but there were two people involved. So maybe they get double time, you know, triple time in this case. I don't know. Like, I just don't like, like how they treated I, her. I like, think, well, I, I understand. Like, it, like she was going to kill a kid. She stepped on that girl's neck. She's like fucking for, taking money from dying people. Like, the, 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 like it doesn't add up. Like he me, should have just like let it go. With the ten minute thing, I think that was to like like you said, build things up and make it so like there was um there was a lot of conflict already, and that they, they were ready to kill each other, and obviously make them suffer, you know. And if it was just for a couple minutes, and it would have killed them quickly, you're not going to have that conflict, and you're not going to play the game that that they want well, to I play. Like and I, I agree with what you're saying. I feel by like the way. They missed an opportunity though, because they're yeah. like, she's going to burn you. Like they yeah, should right, like, right, set right. each other on fire instead of the acid burning. Like right. literally, like have each other set each other on fire or something you know like, what i mean like, like, like in, use those like they should have used the death somewhat of the thing that burned gabriella in the the throw the bitch in the oven yeah are you okay dude you okay but he's he's a good boy yeah. um but yeah i feel like they should have done that you know with use the thing that they use with gabriella what did you think of um the traps craig uh, I liked them. I was I was waiting for the reveal of the um, the burning head box. I was surprised it didn't open up and show us the what happened. I mean, I we know, but it, but I'm still was surprised we didn't see it. Um, but yeah, they were good ones. Um, I I I had a Rambo survival knife when I was a kid because Rambo was a big thing, and it had one of those Gili saws or whatever you however you say that. Yeah. Uh, but it was meant to cut down small trees. That's it, you do that same thing though. You take a chain back and forth, you know, a, a wire back and forth, and it'll cut down a small tree. So that was it's kind of fascinating that I've done that action. Certainly not on a body part, but um, but I've I've taken a small tree down with one of those. So I do know that they are rather devastating. So that was kind of cool that that I've had that you know personal touch to it. What you said, Dan, about liking that they stayed personal and stayed in touch with it but that all had to be because it was all the end game to get those two assholes upstairs trying to get that money Um, so they had to be there in person and interacting in the way that they did all the way back to putting that phone on that rolling cart yes you know all of that was a complete and total setup to get those people in acid gas room 
So well, and, and essentially that is the big twist of this movie. Now yes. there's no huge montage. Now they've done this in other uh installments to a certain extent as well, but I do like the way they play it out. You know, they play the music out, but really we're just getting to see the results of and the, the reveal of what's happening. Not necessarily in a montage, but we're getting to see it play out. I thought, personally, I thought it was great. I said, oh, shit, what do you mean? And then the, the door shuts. Right. And I'm like, fuck. Because here's the thing. This is me personally, but Jigsaw, he's vulnerable in this one. All the other ones, he's 10 steps ahead. This one, he was not. He was more of even though technically he's on the offensive when he's going after these people, he's he's in a vulnerable position. So I think of him from a defensive stamp, standpoint, you know, and he's vulnerable and, and people are taking advantage of him. But man, the way, the way that, that he gets back at these people, it's so satisfying. Like it just, it, and it makes the most sense as to what we just saw him go through I don't know. This was just extremely satisfying to me. And the franchise is also known, like, even in the first one, they're known to, like, leave somebody alive at the end. Yes. So, like, I can't get, like, extremely mad. I just think she should have suffered more because she's, like, probably the worst person in the franchise besides the one who killed her baby and Jigsaw. Also, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Also, the guy that cuts off his arms. Yeah. um, Now, they not the first one to survive a trap or anything, but... They did show him survive, which, again, showed John's humanity. He brought in the medical kit, you know? Right, which Same, he's been known to do. Yeah, which, but, but like, you never see him go in. I mean, you see that. No, I think so he's, I think he's insurance against a future one, too. I think he's going to yeah. be a part of yep. 11. See, exactly, you know? And that's the thing. I'm sure there will be other installments, you know? And, and if not, honestly... I'm pretty satisfied with this. Am I completely 100 million percent satisfied? No, you know, but with what we got, I thought it was such a nice um, blend of something different brought to the franchise mixed with, 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 you know, the classic Saw elements. And I think we did get all those classic Saw elements in this movie. Now, you know, there's certain like seasons where you know of like 24 where like jack bowers got nobody and you know a mission impossible where all their gadgets are taken away and stuff like that and you know obviously you get jigsaw toned down in, in this version or whatever but that's not the only element to this. This isn't just like a side movie. It's an emotional movie. It brings so much more to the franchise. To a franchise that already has a lot to offer, I think that this just added so much more. And while we're on the emotional thing, uh, we'll just bring up the kid. Yep, you know, the kid, the kid's the big thing. He meets the kid going in. He's the groundkeeper's kid or whatever. And she uses the kid as a pawn, brings him in at the end. This completely throws a wrench in their plans. And we knew that, obviously, when this kid's introduced, too. We, you both said it. You were like, oh, that's coming back. Right. And again, with the pole thing, you know. Um, and I thought that was such Hello. a... Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so many sweet moments between him and that kid. And I was like, man, this is really nice. 
How that came back, though, and then that kid starts pulling the thing back to save Jigsaw. Like, supposedly, when you think of this horrible dude that's done so much, so many bad things, when you really think about it and, and you know, break it down to this character, man, it's such a, it's such an oddly heartwarming thing, you know? It's literally just feeling such an odd way about a villain, and he's just not a villain anymore, you know? And when they're going back and forth and I, I don't know the line exactly, but they kind of get out of it after they trap them up in the room. And he says, well, it's not exactly how we planned. I look at that as kind of a wink to the audience too, in terms of them writing this franchise right. and them not having a plan for it. Like, and to me, he says it, he says that line with such like, levity and i don't know like it was such a moment of joy that is so not there in any of these movies in any of them it's just such a downtrodden everybody's gonna die series that to have these moments of levity and to have a moment of with him and the kid and amanda and they're all hugging i'm like man, this is emotional and it's very oddly emotional as well, you know? Yeah, so here's a question that I had. So uh, the kid comes in, the kid gets loaded on the table with John, the table goes back and forth with the, the goopy goo. So was that supposed to be Amanda and John? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Then how are they, they going to get out? Because it took her getting out of a leg brace, a leg shackle, and going over and letting both of them go. So uh, how were no, they going to let themselves go if they were both strapped to that table? No, John. John released himself. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. They, they, I thought she they, came they, over they, and got him. Okay. And and Amanda released her shackle too. So that means that they had even a contingency plan. They were just going to keep going back and forth. Like, yeah. Until, well, until they like, went up into that room. Yeah. Uh, knowing they were going to get bored, which but, is another but, Bond villain thing to do, by the way. Bond villains always leave you in your death trap and go away so that you could escape. Right. So, and yeah. and and that that's what I found to be the brilliance of this movie, though. When that trap hits for and and locks them in that room, yeah, it's like this for me personally. Okay, you got Jigsaw. We all know what fucking Jigsaw is capable of. You fuck with Jigsaw, you're gonna fucking die. Right. But in this one, he's so vulnerable that when she does seemingly at the time get the best of him, the twist is, oh, you motherfuckers forgot. This is John Kramer. He is 10 steps ahead because he really is, has not been that in this movie, you know? And then we, and then, like you said, then we think that he's getting, you know, um, waterboarded with blood uh, against his will. No, that motherfucker's planned all of this. Like we forget because we're, we're seeing him in such a vulnerable state that we totally forget he's a, the mastermind and he's planned fucking six movies after he's fucking been dead. You know, he, yeah. he is playing chess. And I think for me personally, that revelation is the driving force of, of my love of this movie. It's like, yes, he's fucking back. If you forgot like I did, or you underestimated him, 
Motherfucker, you forgot. No, full-on jigsaw. He's got your ass. See ya. And he's covered in blood by the end of the movie, too. Yeah, which is very he, reminiscent of part one. Yeah, covered in blood when he gets up, he sits up. And the way that chills, he was, like, chills. He keeps a in. Yeah. Absolute fucking chills. And just emotions, too, that you, you're not expecting to feel in a Saw movie. And I got to be honest with you, when we walked out, I was kind of blown away. I was just like, holy shit. Like, I didn't shit. want it to end. I was honestly like, I think that was one of my favorite movies of the year. And now that I've had time to reflect on it and I've seen it again, I mean, I, you know, I know normally we kind of hold our cards a little to our chest, but you haven't just, at all this year. Not at all. I don't give a fuck. We, we haven't podcasted on some movies, but I know that this one definitively shoots right to the top of the list. This is a fucking fantastic movie. So nice. what did you overall think of the, and credit scene then like do you for me i was a little sad because you don't get to see what happens to this guy but obviously we would find out in the next one right it felt a little corny but <laughs> because okay. the thing's just spinning on the dude's stomach because that's where his scar was supposed to be yeah, yeah. i, mean, I want to see this right you know like right. so i think that was what it was intended to do and it worked it made me want more yeah. And that's what a good Saw movie does. It makes you want to see the next one. And this one did that for me. Did that do that for you, Craig? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am going to mention another uh, strange editing choice, though, that goes up there with the bottle of tequila breaking. I thought it was strange <laughs> because they went into that room and they opened whatever it was that had the money in it that was really just the bank statements. And um, the light in the room went red a timer appeared in the wall set to 10 minutes yep and and then at that point we cut downstairs i believe again one viewing to them starting their escape and then we cut back to that room however long that was and then the door slams shut and locks Right. right. I thought that was a very strange, strange thing to do because when that light went red, if she's so MF and smart about who the F John Kramer is, right. if yeah, the lights yeah. in the room go red and a timer appears on the wall, why the hell are you not 250 yards away from there instantaneously? Running for the door. Exactly. Right. Right. I thought that. And all well. you had to do was put the shot of the door slamming shut up against the other two things and then right. show them escaping. So I didn't think that was a very right. weird choice. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yep. Completely. Yeah, like I think the whole end scene was a bit weird, but it's like, a little choppy. I, I but I love that, you know, the little boy and like that moment and like it just like you see the good in somebody as you know, like 100%. like if you don't get that a whole lot in these movies, like people are mostly out for themselves. And with the, with the kid, you do see the innocence, you know, and then you have this crazy bitch and she's just like thinking she's outsmarted John. Like, she's like, oh, there's the money. How do you know the money's in that bag? Yeah, like, right. was that the bag that she put the money in? Um, Because like, you can tell there is not like $250,000 in that bag. Right, right. Well, also, um, I, I think that <laughs> uh, I, I think that seeing Jigsaw and Amanda work together and with the kid it really did feel like a family cohesive unit um 
I don't know. There was there was moments where I was like, where is this going? And I think the ending when it when like I said, Saw X comes up and you know, you think about some of the endings or some of the beginnings rather of some of these other movies and how this was just such a soft ending. Um, I don't know. I'm just so appreciative that we get an entry like this that's that has a franchise that's so diverse. Now with the end scene, something like that, it's very odd because as a character, right? Like I love three and four because Detective Matthews and uh, you know, that whole twist that we talked about in four. I do not like five at all. That's very Hoffman heavy or whatever. Um, but as we go on and we get that Hoffman, uh, you know, we get that Hoffman scene. I, the whole place cheered, first of all, in there, which was fantastic. But as a, like, I hate that character. And I was so excited to see him back again, you know? And it was so exciting to just be back in this universe again that that spoke volumes to me because I'll be honest with you, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know what that means, you know? I definitely hit Hoffman, but we knew that 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 was him he was talking to, you know? If you listen closely, you can hear his fucking voice in the trailer. But with that said, when he pops up and that place fucking cheered, man, I just, I, cool. I feel proud to be a Saw fan. And for the people that don't go and see these movies in the theater and don't get excited, I just feel like, you know, th those are the same type of people that like, you know, that you're not there. You're not experiencing it fully. You know, you're not, you're not really being in the moment and trying to capitalize uh, I'm sorry, a dog is completely biting me, biting uh, Lacey Lou, and it's throwing me off. Sorry, take it away. Um, I'm gonna get him. Yeah, was there um, anything else you wanted to discuss on the movie, Craig? Well, I, I want to shout out those three actors for coming back, um, especially especially Mandalore because that was a, a tiny, tiny cameo. Um, there are actors who would not have done that. You know, Betsy Palmer wouldn't come back for some of the Fridays because of what they had her doing or how little they were going to have Mama Voorhees do. Um, and, and you know, I, I, I hold nothing against her, you know, whatever, whatever that was going to be, it got handled some other way, fine. I don't care. Um, I would, I don't necessarily want people dragged back because they're contractually obligated. If they don't want to be there, I don't want them there either because I don't want a half-ass performance, even if it's like Jamie Lee in Resurrection. There you go. Exactly. Perfect, perfect poster child for what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, that scene was, you know, it was what it was. So, but to have him come back, uh, what was the last one, 2000? I mean, it was before 2010, before when the seven came out. So he hasn't been involved. For 15 years plus? Well, he was in Jigsaw. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Again, one viewing. So I, I forgot that he was in there. But, you know, you're still, you're getting him back for a few minutes. And yeah, so shout out to them. Um, shout out to them for coming back and and also kind of joining the filmmakers and saying, you know, can you let it go that we're 20 years older? Um, right. And not getting stupid about it on, in their own way or like, you know, wearing a ton of makeup or trying to have the makeup department, you know, shave 20 years off of them or something and taking it on. So shout out to all of them. Thrilled they're all back. 
love that the franchise has still got some life in it. Um, I'm, I'm, I will never say no to another sequel. It very rarely will a franchise torque me off to the point where I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to go see another one. Freddy did it after four. I hated four so much. I didn't see five in the theaters. Um, there've been a couple others where, um, actually the curse of Michael Myers. I was, I didn't think H2O, I thought, you know, except there were good people involved. Um, Including some I knew, but when I came out of the theater from six, Curse of Michael Myers, I was not. In fact, I put in my review the true Curse of Michael Myers is that he might come back in another movie. <laughs> I, was, I was so mad at that movie. Um, so this certainly didn't do that. Um, none of them have. I've always every one of them has ended, and I'm like, yep, bring on the next one. And I'm also not saying bring it on tomorrow. Take your time and make a good film. Get the right people involved. But whenever you're ready to put another one on the screen, I'll put my butt in the seat. If you know if that's our deal, I'll hold up my end of it. I love that. And can I say too, man, like we've had many years where we don't get Saw movies and it sucks and it's depressing. And <laughs> all we do is bitch about like, I really wish they were going to do Saw movies, you know? And we felt that way going into Spiral. And honestly, like I truly am. Like if you like it, I'm so happy. I Hello, detective. I just thought it was very disappointing. So I felt like we were kind of bamboozled. We were bamboozled by Jigsaw, or was it even Jigsaw? It's not movie? a Saw movie. It's not. So to have a return to form and then some uh, with this. With a numbered sequel, even. I mean, yeah, with not the, following this new thing and just trying to branch off with a new title. Just go right. back. Yeah. Here we are. This is the 10th installment. I didn't think I would enjoy the 10th installment of anything. Of anything. And it's just... It's baffling, right? It's so refreshing. And again, I'm just so happy to be able to uh, be alive and embrace it. And embrace the holiday. And have Saw be a part of the holiday. And I embrace you guys because you guys embrace it as well. Like... If it, it wouldn't be as fun if you guys weren't as into it as I am, you know, like just the excitement leading up to it and even just talking with you, Craig, back and forth when we found out you were definitively seeing it. Like, I'm, I'm just I get excited for everybody to see these movies and and just try and kind of, you know, live the best Halloween life you can live. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> The best Halloween life you can live. That's what I just said. Words of uh, inspiration, <laughs> daily <laughs> affirmations by Dan Chase. You're welcome. America. Live the best Halloween life you can live. That's what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> well, Solace, let's see how that would go. Solace uh, movie years dies tonight. Oh, yes. <laughs> he brought it back. Well, should we rate Saw 10? Yes. Saw X. Yes. Oh, All right. I, also, I, one last little point. Um, not, last little <laughs> Easter egg that he was designing one of the famous traps. He was yes. drawing it. You, you got you got that nice little Easter egg, which I, I did enjoy that little bit. Although he ripped it out, but he must have redrawn it because clearly came back to it. Yeah. yeah my favorite. Exactly. My favorite part of the whole movie was his background for his computer were just like gears. 
<laughs> it was the most generic, like, this is Jigsaw's computer. You've got mail. Yeah, I thought that we would have seen a lot older cell phone technology as well. Right. Um, they well, we did have little... that one flip phone, which did look pretty right. back there. Yep. Well, her phone, though, didn't seem that uh, old. Oh, you're, yeah, that's a good point. That's right. That was, it was a, yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. Because almost everything was a flip phone back when that would have been between one and two. But hmm. all right. I like that she like played the typical like doctor just walking around in the white jacket. Like, <laughs> you know, like when she calls him, she's wearing the white jacket. And then when he, when she walks up and like is in the yard, she's in the white jacket. I don't know. I just, thought it was funny right like this bitch is so basic because she knew that uh he was looking at her through the window so like after like she had conned him yeah and she has pictures of all of her like potential people she's gonna scam yes. on the wall and she just like takes his picture off and throws Rose it away <laughs> <laughs> and he was on the low like, end he, he had he other was, people they had other people with a lot given a lot more money he was, than him. yeah like he was the one that had the least amount of money on the wall right more <laughs> sad <laughs> and he bought well, that bottle all of his yeah. all of his money is obviously in real estate in that city that uh that you know, all of those traps are set up in and have been yeah. right. <laughs> for years. I, 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 no, I can't wait to actually own it because I would like to read what it says on his last will and testament. Oh like, yeah, I'm that curious. would be good to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Curious, like there's a box with these continents and or contents in it. Please kill Detective Har Mark Hoffman if anything happens. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was very nice to not see this be like a police procedural. Thank it? God for that. Like, the police thing is a little Played too out. too much at this point. Like, yeah, they've done everything that they could possibly do. Like yeah. at, at this point, you're just going after cops, and you hate cops. We get it, you know. Right. Um, so if yeah. we're heading towards a rating, are we going to give it traps? Are we going to give it years off Shawnee Smith's face? What are we going to... <laughs> Ooh, um, how many... We're going to... How about uh, bottles of tequila that are smashed? There we go. How many <laughs> bottles of tequila would we smash for this film? Uh, for me personally, uh, I think this is one of the best entries uh, in the franchise 4.5 out of 5. I think emotionally, it's it's there. They give us everything that we could want from a Saw movie in terms of, you know, characters coming back. Also didn't give us too much either. Like, they could have just been throwing people in just to throw them in. But the people that are running this, they, there's obviously uh, a plan between all of them, and they're all on the same page in terms of where the story could go, where the story has gone in this movie, um, just everything about all the all the emotional stuff with Jigsaw. I'm just hopeful that this franchise will go on forever, and it's it's one of the more unique franchises because yeah, its ability to do just that you can go in and out, and the timeline is very fluid, and you can just have a lot of fun with it. And I think that people talk about the trap, people talk about the brutality of it, but people don't talk about the story, and people also mainly don't talk about how much fun these movies really are. Despite how dark they can be at times, they're just a lot of fun, and for me personally, this watch of all of them, of the entire series, 
has been my favorite watch, and I've really enjoyed watching them with you, Wasted. And thank you so much for coming on to Craig while while I'm saying my last thing here, because I personally I really get excited every time we were doing an episode with yeah. you. Because you oh. always bring the heat, my friend, and you did as well on this episode. So I just want to tell you that I love you and thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. So four and a half crushed bottles of tequila for you. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, For me, I would have to say, like, I know I nitpicked it a lot, but it did provide me everything that I ever wanted in a Saw movie, you know, like it had the callbacks, it had the cameos, it had more than cameos, they were literally starring in the fucking film, Um, it wasn't a police procedural, Um, you know, I I love it when they attack healthcare in movies, like, just period. Right. Um, Yeah, it... It gave me, it gave me Billy, like the traps were like some of the most gruesome. I was cringing. This movie made me feel emotion. I didn't ex- ever expect to feel in a Saw film. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm like on a pure enjoyment level, I have to give it a five. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's sure there are fucking issues with it, but like on an enjoyment level, which is how I rate my films. Yeah. Like I don't rate it because like they did this wrong. They did like. This is based off of pure enjoyment and there's a lot of love put into this and you can definitely tell. Yeah. So based off of my enjoyment level, I'm going to smash five motherfucking tequila Wow. Man, it's going to be yeah. tough to walk around with all that tequila soaking into your shoes and socks, but all right. Well, I, will, I will lick it up. All right, fair enough. So I'm going to Back off a little bit on your guys' effusive praise. I did very much enjoy the film. It is the 10th in the franchise. I'm going to give it three and a half bottles of tequila smashed on the floor. Three for the film and half, just just an extra half, just for the three actors returning and and having the bravery to to put their faces on screen and and go, just pretend we're not as old as we are. Um, So three and a half. But that, for me, is that it, that I don't want you to think that I'm, you know, not saying the film is great because two and a half is a watchable film, three is a absolutely see it film. So three and a half means you know it's above average for me, which is what I think this is for a tenth film in a franchise. Um, four and five are reserved for things that have like either changed my life or I'm going to have to watch them on a yearly basis going forward for the rest of my life. This one isn't quite there for me, but it is a very solid three and a half smashed bottles. It's okay. We will let you live, Craig. We will take it. Biggest laugh in the theater for me, uh, well, not for me, but I mean, for the screening I was in, was the line, um, when I get done with her, she's going to wish you'd shot her in the face. Yes. (laughs) The whole audience went big on that one, which is great. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much again for joining us for our opening episode yes. of Thrills and Chill Season 5 Craig, I'm sure this will not be the last time we hear from you nope. well, and... I would. I will be there anytime you guys want me, it is always a yeah. joy to talk to you guys I, I love it, I hope all the people listening love it because we love it and I hope that that love communicates out and um, like I said, I will show up anytime you guys want to talk about anything. You want to read a phone book, I'll come read it with you. So. We love you. All right, hold on. I'll be right back. Let me get it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. 
stay tuned for episode two of Thrills and Chills. Until then, I'm Lucy Lou. I'm And this has been Fred Motherfucking Edwards. Bye, <laughs> <laughs> Of all the men that cheat, you pick John Kramer.